0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Asia Chapter of the Asian American Journalists Association. I'm Dexter. And I'm Neha. This is the third episode in our podcast series, leading up to the 11th annual New Now Next Conference. This year's theme is reimagining news, as countries look to reopen and we look to reconnect. This year's N3Con is virtual, so go to n3con.com for more information. Today, we have a guest who will be telling us more about diversity in news today executive editor of Reuters, Gina Chua. Before we start, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your work at Reuters? Sure.
1: Uh, so I'm Gina Chua. I'm executive editor at Reuters. Um, and it's a little bit of an amorphous title. What it really means is that I run um, a fair chunk of what you would call, uh, well, what we call editorial operations, um, I guess you would call bureaucracy. Um, so it means, you know, I do I I make sure that things run smoothly. Um, budgets, admin, um, the all that boring stuff, but also, you know, the, the, the things that keep people safe. Um, you know, security, mental health, that's everything from, you know, flag jackets to digital security to um COVID nineteen security. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Um, And I deal with projects as they come up. I work with um, the technology people to make sure we've got the right tools for the newsroom. Um, I do a fair amount of liaison with the business side of things. So we can look at sort of commercial projects and and where they go. Um, And I've got sort of really specific interests as well in uh, helping us move forward on new forms of storytelling. I have a real interest in, in graphics and data particularly. Um, and then I also um have a real interest in thinking about diversity beyond um representation in the newsroom and 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 extending that further into you know what is our news judgment, who our stories uh you know what our stories who um you know whose stories do we tell whose voices do we hear that sort of thing
0: okay, great um Okay, so how has the news landscape changed over the course of your career, which has lasted over thirty years um in terms of diverse spaces and and faces that appear?
1: um all right, well, I, you know, how hasn't it changed right in that time? Um, look, I started as a reporter in oh god nineteen eighty five maybe. Um, and, and to be fair, I mean, I started in Singapore. And so everybody, you know, in the newsroom was, was, um, Singaporean. Everybody was, most people were Asian. In fact, the vast majority of people were Asian of, of multiple different stripes. If you know anything about Singapore, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty multicultural, um, place. Um, but then, you know, over the years, as I moved into working, uh, you know, first for Reuters and then for, um, uh, and then for the Wall Street Journal and now back at Reuters again, you know, clearly I moved into environments which were much more Western focused. And so there's always a little bit of um, of adjustment to those things. Um, the way I sort of um, tell the story at least for me is I grew up as a colonial subject. Um, I was born in 1961 in Singapore, which was still a British colony. And so when you grow up in in that situation, every, basically every Western person you see is in charge of something. There are a boss, the the uh, the boss's wife, because often it was a man who was in charge, um, and and so it becomes very um, uh, it, it, it sort of it, it, it affects the mind when you suddenly, as I was when I when I became editor of the Asian Wall Street Journal, to suddenly be in charge of a newsroom full of westerners, um, and you're sort of trying to sort of sort that in your brain. Um, because it's just, it's just a very odd place to be. So at least in my experience, you know, there's been a lot more diversity in newsrooms, certainly in the newsrooms that I've worked at. Um, there's obviously a long ways that, need, uh, that still needs to be, uh, 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 there's still a lot more that needs to be done, but it has changed fairly dramatically in my 30-some years in the business.
0: And what are some of the ways, uh, some of the work that needs to be done? In terms of diversity,
1: oh God! Uh, there's, Well, I think there's two there's two types of work that needs to be done. I think one is um, one is really about the question of you know can newsrooms be more representative of the of the of the world that they cover of the communities that they serve, and that's really a question of hiring promotions um, that sort of thing. So that's representation. And then I think the other side of it is um, how can the stories we do um the coverage you know that that we have how can that be more representative of the of the world and of the communities that we're serving and I think that both things require um a, a lot of work, but they require different kinds of work right for in terms of, of of representation and hiring, a lot of that really builds on good hiring practices it builds on um interesting way to put it is the sort of to to work on the basis of um, you know, blind uh, hiring processes if you like. I think what happens is that you know, in, in many cases, it isn't really a question of we want to hire more diverse people. We wanna hire the best people and often we get in the way of that. So I think that, there's a, that there are many methods for doing that, including um, you know, more an- anonymized tests um, for people, um, for hiring uh, for skills. Um, it involves, um, making sure we really understand what a job requires so that we are actually hiring for those skills and not hiring for a kind of person in our mind, because often the kind of person in our mind is very much the person that used to have the job. And if you keep doing that, you're not going to get any change. Um, the best example of this is, is American orchestras, which used to, um, which used to be mostly men. Um, and hired very few women. And the and the way they hired musicians was to have a, um, a, a music test that come in and play. And and the best musicians or the senior musicians uh, in the orchestra would listen, and they would hire the best person or the best musician, or at least so they thought. And they hired a lot of men. Then they just started doing blind auditions where people would play behind a curtain. And then miraculously, they hired a lot of women. And so the, the lesson here is that they weren't trying to hire women. They were trying to hire the best musicians. But apparently, when you can see them, it affects your hearing. So the best way I can think of to sort of improve representation um, uh, and diversity in the newsroom is, is to try and create as many of those blind um, tests, if you like, right? If you're hiring a copy editor, have a have a copy editing test. And anonymize the results and then score them. And after you've done that, then see who you got. And, and, you know, you'll, you you should be getting the best candidates. That's one side of it. The other side of it, though, I think still is, you know, you can't depend on representation to make your, your news file, your output more representative. That requires a lot more sensitivity training. That requires people thinking um, about what news really is. Um, you know, for most of us, the definition of news is something that's unusual, right? A uh, dog bites man is not unusual. Man bites dog is unusual. Plane takes off, not a story. Plane crashes. That's a story. The problem is, is in what is your definition of normal? And we all, you have a definition of normal. I have a definition of normal that comes from our lived experience. And for the, a long time, newsrooms were controlled by a particular group of people who had a particular lived experience. And so their experience is when something out of the, when something is out of the audience to them, that's a story, but maybe that's not true to other people. You can't have everyone's lived experience run a newsroom, but you can be much more open to the, to the multiple voices in your newsroom if you have a representative newsroom and the multiple voices in your community that you're serving to be able to get a better sense of what is a story and why it matters.
0: So, you know, you, you mentioned blind testing and, and um, being more sensitive. What are some of the tips that you can give to newsroom leaders who want to make you know their newsrooms more diverse?
1: Well, I mean, again, I think, first of all, it really does start with the hiring, right? And I think the more you can do to... Um, to be you know color blind gender blind all of that when you hire I think the 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 higher the chances are that you will get a more diverse newsroom um and I think if you can commit to doing that, I think you you know you go a long ways to having those people in your newsroom, but once they're in your newsroom, the question is like what do you do with them um and and you know there was a time I remember when when uh you know certainly way way back, women were sent off to the women 's beat. Um, you know, diverse people were sent off to the ethnic minority beat, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And that doesn't, I mean, honestly, doesn't help uh, anyone that much in, in the sense that, you know, you want people to have robust careers going around the newsroom and that you should be able to cover anything. It is true, in theory, at least, that women would understand, you know, quote, women's issues better. But you have to ask yourself, you know, how, how much of a how much of a beat is that and, and what are the stereotypes that you've built into it in the same way that an immigrant could pr- probably write um, about immigrant issues better than a non-immigrant. But again, you don't want to say only immigrants can can cover immigrant issues um, and you want to say immigrants can't cover other things. Right. So, so part of it is being much more expansive in your view of what people's skills are, giving them opportunities to try um, beats. I think most fundamentally it's about, um, it's about welcoming different voices at the table when you are talking about a story so that news judgment isn't just what, you know, one person at the head of the table says it is and that you can have an open discussion about why, why a story might matter or why it might not matter. Um, I'll give you another example. Um, and I, I won't name the publication. Um, but you know, it, actually but it's true of almost every publication uh or every major metro uh, newspaper in the US, which is, you know, what is a what is a, a newsworthy killing? And generally speaking, again, you know, it's something out of the ordinary. And it and it's something out of the ordinary, it's like, you know, um young co ed gets killed at whatever. Um, you know, blonde woman, you know, murdered in whatever neighborhood. And that's not to say those stories aren't, aren't valuable. They are valuable. But then there's a ton of other killings that don't get um, that don't get covered. And why don't they co- get covered? Why aren't they important? Um, and this was a question that that two people, Laura Amico and husband Chris Amico, asked when they set up Homicide Watch uh, DC many years ago. Sadly, it's 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 not really functioning um, uh, anymore, and they both moved on to to do other things. But, they're, but they just turned the entire notion of newsworthy on its head. They said, we're going to cover every murder in D.C. It's about a 100 um, murders in D.C. A, a year. And they covered every single one of them. And, you know, it's I'm not saying this is right or this is wrong. What I'm saying is that there are many different ways to think about newsworthiness and that um and that we do ourselves a disservice but more importantly we do the communities that we serve a disservice when we don't think expansively about what matters to them
0: so have you seen anything that either encourages or discourages you personally when you look at diversity and inclusion in media
1: oh there's a ton of things to be encouraged about i think i think that um well first of all i mean if each, if you look back over oh, 30 years i think you know, I think there's been a ton of progress, right? And and it been it, it I think you can argue about is there enough? Should there be more? Should it be faster? Sure. But there's been a huge amount of of progress. Um you know the new editor of the uh, Washington Post, Sari Busby, is a woman. Um the new editor in chief of Reuters, my boss, Alessandra Galoni is the first woman in 170 years. Um you can ask, you know, should have cut there faster, but okay, but it's still um, you know, a, a new thing The the last two editors of the New York Times have been a black man and a woman. Um, so, you know, a lot has changed. Um, and I think that's generally good. I think that that um, the desire for change uh, has accelerated over the last few years. You can see it, I think, in the ways that news organizations are going out of their way to, to look for more diverse talent. Um, you can certainly see it in enrollment at journalism school where the, the students that come in are just hugely more uh, diverse um, and they are, you know, getting really well trained and they're getting good jobs. So I'm pretty optimistic about all of that. I mean, I think you have to set that off against the, the, the backdrop of the fact that, you know, it's it's a difficult environment for news. Um, and so, you know, it's not the it's certainly not at this point the heyday of news that it was, you know. If there ever was one, you know, 20 years ago. But, but still, I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're startups, they're new ways of telling stories. Um, uh, and they're just a lot more interesting experiments out there. One of the, one of the, the really interesting uh, developments, I think, um, is the creation of, of single issue uh, newsrooms, especially single issue nonprofit um, newsrooms. So, you know, not only do you have ProPublica, which is obviously a sort of expansive, um, uh, nonprofit on investigative children, but you've got, you know, um, the trace, which looks at guns. You've got the Marshall Project, which looks at, um, uh, criminal justice system. You've got, um, the 19th, which looks at women's issues, you know, and so I think that those are all, um, really interesting, um, uh, experiments I guess you would say or or, or startups or, or or new ventures into you know really um serving very different constituencies and communities well, and I think that that's a great thing for for journalism it's a great thing for news it's a great thing for for uh, society so i'm 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 really quite upbeat about many things
0: let's move unfortunately to something less upbeat. <laughs> Um, how has the pandemic affected the news industry, and are there any effects um, specifically on diversity?
1: Ooh, um, good question. Um, so, we'll start with the good news. Um, I think the pandemic, at least for a, for a while, and 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 long may it continue, I think really elevated the importance of news and accurate information. For a lot of people, I mean, I, I know there's a ton of disinformation out there and I know that not everything is believed, but I think by and large, if you look at traffic statistics, if you look at the fact that, you know, people really did need to know what might kill them and what might not, um, you know, it, it put news front and center in people's minds. Again, um, it wasn't it wasn't a spectator sport. It was truly life or death. And so, you know, it's a, it's a harsh thing to say because obviously the pandemic has taken this horrific toll on the world, but certainly it's, it's told us why it matters to, to be informed. Um, I think most news organizations managed, I don't want to say managed, well, most news organizations pivoted well to covering uh, the pandemic. I think that what it did for, for many of us is remind us of our public service mission. And that's one of the, one of the, uh, you know, that, that's clearly something that, that drives the passion in the industry. And so a lot of people, you know, threw themselves into it. A lot of news organizations threw themselves into it and had, and done some of the, 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 the best coverage, you know, I mean, once in a, once in a lifetime coverage. Um, so those, those are sort of, I think the, um, the good points, uh, if you like. It's obviously undercut any number of news organizations. Dramatically, um, you know, because this advertising revenue. Even as, as it may have driven um, some subscriptions, you know, advertising has fallen in many cases. Um, economic activity in many um, cities, obviously, also took a nose dive, and that has a real impact. Again, because um, you know, newspapers are dependent on the on the general economy. So those are those are problems, and you know, and if you take those issues and you and you sort of um, take the downstream effect of them. Your newspapers that are suffering are not able to hire. They're not able to hire that has an impact on future diversity, at least. They can't change their workforce. They can't bring in new people. So you have what you have is what you have, right? Now, again, we're seeing some, some um, movement there. I think that the most resilient of the news organizations, you know, the, 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 large, um, uh, the large international, uh news organizations large national news organizations i think we've seen recovery there including uh with us um and so you know we're out hiring and more people are hiring and i think that that's that's a that's a good sign uh uh at least in theory for diversity um so we'll we'll see how how that goes but i think more broadly the industry has taken a hit and it's and it's um uh and that's uh that is a sad uh, note to all the other sad notes that we've had this year
0: and where do we go from here
1: where do we go from here um well so some of this i think is going to be at least in 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 this country right and to some extent i, I guess in 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 other countries but i think there is uh a, a sifting that's going on um you know, the, the the larger, more, more, um, more well funded, more robust organizations are obviously doing well. So or at least doing better than the others. And I think that they have more staying power. And again, we've seen it in this country, we've seen where the recovery has gone first. Um, and to the extent that you you know, you, you like those news organizations, you work for them, you like their news, that's that's good because they're they're coming out of this in you know maybe not stronger than before but they're coming out of it pretty resilient um the thing that we all have to um wonder about and worry about is you know what happens to the smaller newsrooms the ones that were you know have been much more disproportionately hit um by uh by the pandemic and by the economic um crisis you know what will happen to them what will happen to their um, their journalists and what will happen to the communities that, uh, you know, that they provided news to. And I think that that's a really worrying sign. You know, how will, you know, if we we already have, to some extent, at least in the U.S., a news desert problem, how much worse might it get? Um, And again, I've seen green shoots. I've seen people start up things. um, I've seen um, uh, new ideas and new experimentation, uh, uh, you know, come forth even in these, you know, dark times, but the jury's still out. And I think I think it's gonna be, uh, I guess, the right word is interesting uh, time to look forward to.
0: Thank you for the brilliant, absolutely brilliant answers. And I, I think um, um, our listeners will take away a lot from it.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Many thanks to Gina Chua for joining us today. And we hope you join us for N3Con, the AAJA Asia annual conference starting from the 2nd of August. Once again, I'm Dexta. And I'm Neha. We hope to see you there.